Welcome to another inspirational message from City Life Center Church. If you are ever in the area, come visit one of our services. We would love to meet you. Enjoy the message. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient path. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Are you in? All right, let's go. God bless you. Hey, now, as you're having a seat, uh, you know, we, we, you just talked about the ancient path. And you, it says that you're supposed to ask for the ancient path. So, so, so I want you to ask me, say, hey, Pastor Tim. Yeah, hey, pa- come on, start it. Hey, Pastor Tim, tell us about the ancient path. And tell us about the ancient people that carved out the ancient path. Really? Okay, I sure will. Thank you. Ah, yeah, I, I just think I'm going to do that. <laughs> the, the, the Word of God tells us about the ancient path, which is the good way where we find rest for our souls, which is our minds and our emotions. It's a place where we can be at rest. Uh, around here, I call it Adventure Highway. It's, it's, it's the adventure of following Jesus. It's a life path. It's a path that's not dull, and it's not boring. It's lively, it's challenging, it's fulfilling, it's meaningful, and it's worthwhile. And, and, and ahead on this Adventure Highway are the promises that God has for you waiting for you. They're the things that, that you dream about. They're the things that you're wired for inside of you. In fact, in fact, many of you have already completed one of your 5X Faith Vision cards and, and turned those in regarding the two or three areas in your house where you're expecting the 5X increase over the next couple of years. But, and those are even things that you've listed on your card that are up ahead of you on your Adventure Highway journey. But to get there, you have to exercise faith. Just like I was sharing with, with, uh, with Jordan just a second ago, you've got to have courageous faith because it takes more than just pushing it and trying to make it happen on your own. Awesome. You know what? You guys are terrific, terrific musician men back up here. Thank you, guys. I love y'all. Uh, but, but if you're going to get there... Really, you've got to have this thing called courageous faith, which is the first message here in this, uh, this three-part series I'm going to be sharing over the next few weeks. Uh, courageous faith is about believing and taking action toward your destination regardless of what's happening around you. Uh, a few years ago, I took my three sons into the Grand Canyon, into it from the, uh, from the North Rim. And... It's a, I, I talk about this a lot because it was an amazing adventure for us, but the north rim of the Grand Canyon, it's very remote, it's a really high altitude, and, and uh, I've, I've been in snowstorms up there, and it gets cold at night <laughs> during the summer, but, uh, but, but we had planned this trip for a long time, and my boys and I, we were about, we were about two miles down, we left before uh, daybreak, and, and so it was still dark, but about two miles down, the sun was just beginning to rise over the much lower south rim, and, and we could see it beginning to shine on us and shine down into the canyon, and at that point, the boys looked, and they realized, you can't see the bottom. It is so far down there, and, and they're already getting a little weary, and, and I remember Preston, Preston, you know, he was about 20, 21 years old, and he, he, he just said, Dad, I don't think this is a good idea. 
um, that, listen, let's just turn around and go back now. We're not going to make it. And Devin, you know, he was about oh, 16 or 17 at the time. You know, he was the man of courage. Like, we're going to make it. We can do this. We're going to make it. And me, of course, I'm the backcountry hiking expert. I am, man. Yeah. Regardless of what anybody in this up here has ever said in past sermons. I, I, just, I just said, hey, we have planned for this for over a year. In fact, we've spent the last six months training physically for this hike. We're going to do it, guys. Now, two days later, coming out of the canyon, getting back up to that big, big you know, same spot, basically, the backcountry expert, I was just quietly praying under my death breath of, God, get me and my boys out of here alive. That's all I care about. But, but I'll tell you guys, it was tough. It, it was really tough. And courage really didn't come easy, but the courage to keep moving forward was necessary not just to finish, but for survival, as we discovered. But the reward for that trip, the reward for what we did at the very end of it, it was pretty simple. I mean, the reward was we created memories. We increased our bond with each other as the wooden men, and we simply said, we did it! And that was about it. Great reward, but still, comparatively speaking, to our faith journey, a shallow reward. See, because the adventure highway of following Christ has so much more immense rewards for courageous faith. So here's what I'm encouraging you to do. It is to burst onto the scene of your future and to take action and just to simply say, future forward. And, and as soon as you start taking a few steps, I, I know this because the truth is, this is what happened in the canyon, this is what happens to us. All of a sudden you start realizing, wait a minute, this is tough, or, or you're hitting a, a barrier, a boundary, and, and you say, well, I don't know if I have what it takes, or I don't know if I can make it through this situation, or I don't think I can take it anymore. But the truth is, you can't. That's why it's a faith journey. So just Drop the me, me, me stuff, I, I, I. Of course you can't, but God can. You have to have courageous faith when you can't. God's not expecting you to fix everything out there. He just wants you to be faithful. I love those words because faith and full together means full of what? Faith. That's what God wants from you. That's all God's asking. Today, my encouragement is basically this. Don't quit, but hold firm to God's promise for your future. And I know that the road that you're on may be tough, but I, but I want you to have hope today. I want you to believe today that your best really is yet to come. And purge yourself of pessimism. Be a pessimism purger. And, and develop courageous faith. In fact, the New York Times had an article out this week, and I, I read it. I thought, this is really interesting. I had to click on it after seeing the title of it. And the first line in the, uh, in the article said, A pessimistic attitude increases the risk of death from heart disease. And I, see, I always kind of love it when science and the media start saying the things that the scriptures have always said, you know. I, I always like that, even though they don't refer to God's word at all. That's, that's fine. They finally caught on that, it, that it's true. They, they proved it through science. Okay, I guess the scriptures are right. They didn't say that, but I'm saying that for them. New York Times will never say that. But here's what happened. is participants in the study, and the study started years ago, they were presented with six simple statements. And they were asked to rate 
themselves as to how those statements apply to them on a scale of one to five. This is definitely what I, who I am or what I would say, or no, I would never say that. And so, so, so what they did is they gave them these positive and these negative statements. A couple of the statements included this. One of them said, in uncertain times, I usually expect the best. Then on a scale of one to five, does that describe you? That way they're saying, are they pessimistic or are they optimistic? Another one of the statements was this, if something can go wrong for me, it will go wrong for me. Scale of one to five, where are you on that? They followed up over 11 years later and they, they, then they, they filtered out stuff such as unhealthy habits like diabetes and smoking and other, uh, other habits or things in a person's life that are heart disease uh, activators. And the scientists came up with this conclusion that the people who were the most pessimistic, get this, were more than twice as likely to die from heart disease as those who were the least pessimistic, regardless of their physical conditions. Here's the thing on this, guys. This is our house. This is city life. And I don't want anyone in our house, our church, to die of heart disease because you are faithless and pessimistic. I, I want you to live a long time. I, so I'm telling you guys, I want you to have courageous faith because the key to your glorious future is found in your faith. See, your, your future is not determined on how things are just kind of going in your life right now. I mean, not at all. Your, your future is according to your faith. See, there's this false notion that's out there that when things are not going well, when things are going a little bumpy in your life, that, that something is wrong with your relationship with God or, or you failed God in one way or another and, and, and things are bad for you because you're just a bad person. But see, I don't believe that for a second. See, tough things are going to happen to all people, but those of us who live by faith and walk by courageous faith, we're, we're actually able to overcome the difficulties with the help of God, no matter how massive they may be. So my challenge is to put your faith into action and to act on what you believe. Take action on what you believe. Decide that you're going to launch forward. Now, it's, it's one thing to say that you believe but it's quite another to act on what you believe that's already true. You're just believing it out there. And for me, one of the biggest challenges that I face is in obstacles, they, they tend to hit me on Saturdays and Sundays, Sunday mornings prior to Sunday, it's to Sunday church. It's funny if, because if, if I'm not preaching or something like that, I, I just, my weekends go, go perfect. But I understand that's just the way it works. But today, what was it today? And usually I don't ever talk about it. But, but today, I'll just tell you. I mean, it was my migraine at 4 a.m. I woke up and the powerless me said, just stay in bed, complain about how hard life is. Just you can't make it. You can't make it. You just go back to sleep. You just need more sleep or whatever. But, but I remember I, was like, I thought, no, I mean, I... I'm going to have courageous faith, and I want to walk that path of courageous faith. So I, I remember I, I just tell myself, i got to put my feet on the ground. If I can put my feet on the ground, I'm going to be okay. I put my feet on the ground, reached over to the big mug of water that was next to me, and just guzzled it all. And I got myself out of bed. I'm going to get going. When I arrived at the offices this morning, before anyone else was here, I, I had to send a text message back to, to Devin and Ian who were still at the house. And I said, hey, there's some supplements that's on my desk and to help me get over this, but, and I want you to bring them to me because I'm, I'm going to get through this. Because I'm not going to wimp out 
just because I'm feeling a little down. Now, <laughs> some people like to know the secret lives of pastors, so I'll just tell you a little bit about it. There are things you know, like that, like, like the crazy things that happens on weekends and Sunday mornings prior to preaching. But, but another one for me, it's, it's a, this has happened a couple of times. It's never happened here, thank goodness, but, but it's always been, you know, it's, it's when I'm a pastor and had a large, very large platform, very large auditorium, and, and, and I was able to pull this off a couple of times, but there were two different times in ministry when I was so physically ill on a Sunday morning, no kidding, for real, for real, for real, I actually had a barf bucket kind of like hidden right back here in behind some stuff, and I have it figured out that in the event that I'm up there and I just can't take it anymore, someone will help transition something, I just go back there and barf, nobody will see me, nobody will hear it, as long as I turn my mic off and all that kind of stuff, I knew it, that I would have it handy, and they're ready to go, and, but here's the Here's the truth, and I, I felt terrible getting up there. But the truth is, both of those times, by the time I walked off the platform, my stomach problems were gone. Now, I know you might mock me for that, going, what is your problem? And you can mock me, go ahead. But I'm the one who has to answer to God regarding my faith. I choose courageous faith. Here's the definition of courageous. I love this definition. Courageous means not deterred by danger or pain, it means brave. Now, now I, I want you to look at that, and then I want us to think of it the opposite way, because if you're not going to have courageous faith, that means you are going to run from danger, you're going to try to numb your pain, and you're going to be cowardly and timid, and I don't want to be that kind of a person. I don't want that to dictate my life. Pain and danger will not control my life. I choose to live future forward because my faith today decides my future so i will be brave i don't want to be a spiritual coward and i want you to join me on this adventure because courageous faith is robust you you may have heard preston even use that term earlier and i think it dropped into his mind vocabulary and he just said the word robust i love that word though the, it, because robust is a good term robust means strong and healthy it means hearty and vigorous because a person of great physical health who is robust they will do certain things even by faith expecting results what do you do if you're going to be robust physically? Well, you exercise and you eat healthy and you, you push the boundaries physically and you don't cave to discomfort and you make the choice to remain steady and you realize that no gain happens without pain. And in the same way, our spiritual muscles need development on a regular basis if we're going to be robust. In other words, if I'm not exercising my faith, if we're not exercising our faith, especially when we don't feel like it, we lose our faith. We will grow weaker and weaker in spiritual wimpiness. <laughs> you know, it can potentially take over our lives, any of us. See, without proper exercise, our muscles experience this thing called atrophy. I know what that's like when I went through my, my leg situation. In, in other words, what happened is, is your muscles dissolve into fat. And when you're not experiencing or exercising your faith regularly, you are unable to use those spiritual muscles against the trials and the temptations and the, and the, uh, the, the, the adversities that life throws at you. And you actually become like spiritually bloated and you're weaker. So, so here's what I'm challenging you. Learn to trust God now. 
beyond what you see, beyond what you know, beyond what you can imagine, and, and, and especially when the unthinkable and the unimaginable happens. Because that's when you really actually have to trust God to do equal, something equal or even greater than what the unthinkable and unimaginable is happening. You have to start operating up here in the unthinkable and un, unimaginable. That's courageous faith. The scripture tells us this. It's, it's in Hebrews chapter 11. Take a look at this, this definition of faith. It says, faith is, what's that, what's that word? It's confidence. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. Okay, it's, I'm being confident in something I hope for. That's a key word right there. And it is also assurance. That means you're convinced of something. You're assured of what you do not see. I'm assured of what I do not see. And it says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Who was commended for it? The what? The, who were those ancients? They were commended for, they were uh, not committed, they were commended for having this kind of faith. And, and, and so if you look in Hebrews chapter 11, the remainder of this chapter, a lot of people call it the hall of faith. I like calling it that because it's just, just the little scriptures of the, the stories, brief little uh, tweets, I guess you could say, uh, of, the, of the stories of these amazing people. But the truth is, they were really seemingly insignificant people who did amazing things because of their faith. And what I love about the Hall of Faith, Hebrews chapter 11, is the testimony of their legacy of what they accomplished in life, it was all about courageous faith. These were imperfect people whose legacy was not about their faults and their errors, but about their faith and what actually happened because of their faith. I mean, in this list, in Hebrews 11, you're going to even find a murderer and a prostitute. Quite honestly, it was out of their weaknesses that God worked these amazing feats. And they conquered kingdoms and they quenched fires. They overcame certain death. They dodged swords and they won battles with ex extraordinary results. And these ancients, if they were here today, they would tell you this. Hey guys, don't quit. Hold firm to God's promise for your future. Now th these ancients were not a superior species by any means. <laughs> no, actually they were normal um, and in most cases quite dysfunctional men and women with fears and faults which should make all of us feel really good. So you, you look at, when you look at their lives, clearly it wasn't their strength that caused the victories. It was actually despite their strength that God enabled them to do amazing feats. I mean, take a look in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 33. I just want to read to you a couple verses here of what it says about these guys near the end. It says, it says who through, and they're talking about the, the ancients, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. I mean, tell you guys, this sounds like courageous, gutsy, 5X faith, and that's what I want. See, I don't want my legacy or my identity to be wrapped up in any failure or loss or misjudgment in my life. I would rather my legacy to be about the faith I exerted in impossible situations. But, but, but really, to do this, you have to just simply exercise regularly and, and 
operate in faith on a daily basis in very, very practical ways. It's about having the courage and the guts to share your faith. About having the guts and the courage to do the right thing when nobody else is. It's the courage to not sin even when you know no one else is looking. It's this daily gutsy faith that allows me to even lead well, allows you to lead well, allows us to love well. This courage, this gutsy faith allows us to live with exuberant joy in spite of our circumstances. Yeah, but I know some, some people have said this to me before, but yeah, yeah, but pastor, you've got it easy and you don't understand. Well, first of all, anyone who says that to me doesn't know me, but, but they say, yeah, but, but you don't understand. See, because I've read the Bible and, and you know, the Bible says the devil is a roaring lion and he's seeking who he may devour and, and pastor, he's chasing me and I'm so tired of running from the devil, pastor. I don't have any more energy. Life is hard, you know. That's how they go, Lord, you got to kind of do like that, like you have no strength. Hey, guys, you're not supposed to run from him. (laughs) See, because the glorious future that God has for you is much too wonderful. Therefore, the devil is going to try to stop you. The roaring lion's going to try to scare you. Running from the lion wears you out. Because because what's happened is you're being driven by your own fear instead of standing strong and courageous faith and trusting God to overtake and to overcome the enemy. You see, the devil would love to devour your energies, drain your faith and everything. But remember this, guys. Satan is a defeated foe already, and he is living on borrowed time. He knows what his future is. It's written in the Scriptures. So too too many believers are fleeing the devil instead of resisting him so that he will flee. The Bible teaches us don't run from the roaring lion. You run from a lion, are they going to chase you? Uh Uh-huh, they're going to keep roaring. But it says instead, draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So what is the enemy trying to steal from you? Are you going to stand up to him and shut his mouth? Hey, guys, don't quit. Hold firm to God's promise for your future. Draw near to God. That's what we do when we worship and we sing and we we lift our hands. We're glorifying God and his character. And, And when God is magnified, our problems become small. The devil will lose ground. And that's why we sing and we worship in our gatherings because it invigorates our faith. You know, the Bible tells us that we are more than conquerors. But I want you to think about that. He would never tell us that we are more than conquerors if there wasn't something we were supposed to conquer. (laughs) So if life never had hurdles or challenges, courageous faith wouldn't even have any purpose. So, So don't be disappointed when the challenges come because God tells us that our faith is actually made perfect in weakness. Look at that. God said this. This is is the words of God. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. Weakness is not your enemy. Hear me well. Weakness is actually where faith engages God's power and God's perfect power. Now, I want the perfect power of God in my life. I want His perfect power. 
Therefore, when I'm weak, that means I need to exercise more faith because it, the perfect power starts working. So don't, so don't be disappointed when the challenges come because God is just saying, hey, I want to make my power perfect in the middle of your weakness. I want that for you. I know you might feel vulnerable. I know you know that you're flawed and you feel very weak, but, but in your weakness, don't quit. Hold firm to God's promise for your future. And, and know this, know that God gave you a promise. He told you there's this place you're supposed to be. There's a destiny for you. There's something I have for you out there. Believe in that promise. And if you, but if you begin to quit, say, no, I don't know if I can go any further, then God's power can't be made perfect to get you there. So your, your, your trial that you're facing right now is a temporary setback, but it is positioning you for a huge forward thrust. You know, when I was in school, we didn't, have, we didn't get in trouble for playing on cell phones or anything like that. We just dreamed about those days. Now they're reality. What we did when I was a kid in school is we would bring rubber bands to school. And I know, you know, some of you are saying, oh, Tim, no, you were not that bad of a person. Yes, I was. I did. I did it. I did it. I did. But, but we, would, we would bring rubber bands to school. And, and the nice thing about it is you could take a little piece of notebook paper, and sometimes you just moisten it in your mouth. It gives it a little more impact. And you, you can pull it back and be very, very casual about it and aim all the way across the room. And as you pull back, it launches it forward. And you go, ooh. And when it hits the target, what you do is you just act casual and keep working on your paper and nobody knows. It's so wonderful. I love sitting at the back of the classroom so I could do things like that. And, and, uh, but, but, but that's really what God wants to do with you. Like this setback is about to catapult you forward if you engage God's perfect power. You see, gold is a precious metal that is refined and purified by fire. See, because gold naturally contains impurities. It has flaws and imperfections, but the value of the gold substantially increases after it has been refined by fire. In the Bible, um, Peter, who was one of Jesus' closest disciples, he used gold as an illustration of how trials work in our lives if we engage courageous faith. Peter said this, he said, these trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, heat, pressure, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed in the middle of it. So here, here's what this is saying. It's when the heat is on, when the pressure is great, as uncomfortable as it is, it is refining your faith and it is shaping you into a person of great value, into a different person, a greater person. See, and then, then Peter goes on to say this, the end result is really quite amazing. It says Jesus is made known. You see, people are looking at you already knowing that you're in a dark valley. They, 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 they know you're in a trial. I mean, they know you lost your job. They know that your marriage uh, has, has disintegrated. They know about your sickness or your legal troubles. But when you walk through your trial with courageous faith, what's happening here, he says, you're making Jesus known because they will have no choice but to give praise and honor to Jesus because they know you. They know you can't walk through this on your own strength and remain optimistic like that. 
Isn't that amazing? You make Jesus known by operating in faith. Courageous faith is, is, is just courage under fire. It's the courage to keep believing, to keep loving. It's the courage to keep giving. It's the courage to keep serving. It's the courage to keep going to church. It's the courage to be faithful. It's the courage to be optimistic. So during your trials, don't quit. Hold firm to God's promise for your future. By faith, you're going to enter into God's will for your life. God's will is not for you to lose. God's will is for you to reach your destiny. That's why we're engaging this courageous faith in, in spite of how we feel at the moment. Because it's actually going to make us better people in every way. Paul, says, Paul put it this way. He says, we know that suffering, the fire, the pain, produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character gives us hope. And I'm telling you, the foundation of all faith is hope. So this actually works to your benefit when you engage your faith. Courageous faith is about perseverance. Courageous faith is about character. Courageous faith is about hope, 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 hope in the middle of your suffering. So when you're suffering, not if, not maybe, but when you're suffering, don't quit. Hold firm to God's promise for your future. Because the suffering that you're facing right now, today, it will become a testimony of God's grace tomorrow as you walk forward into your future. I want to pray over you right now. Would you just receive this prayer? Just lock yourself in with God. I want to pray over you right now. God, I just pray for every person in this room. I pray for encouragement. I pray, Lord, that the spirit of perseverance and character and hope will overtake every person, that we will not be beat down by the circumstances of our life, God, but we will press through with that courage and that hope, knowing that there is a purpose, there is a destiny, and God didn't place that dream, God didn't place that desire, God didn't place that destiny in your heart just to frustrate you. No, it's time now to have courageous, gutsy, faith and to step out and to move move forward and to believe God even though it seems unbelievable Lord let it be in this church in this house in Jesus name Jesus name I'd like no movement at this time leaders please pray this is the most important part of today maybe maybe you're here and uh You've never really surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never given your life completely to Jesus. Or maybe over the course of your life, you've drifted from a relationship with God. And, and if you want to know this Jesus that we talk about, uh, you, you want a new beginning and you're ready to embrace your God-given purpose, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond. If you want to be included in this closing prayer and surrender your life completely to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand so I can connect my faith with yours. Because faith is when you respond outwardly to what's happening inwardly. Jesus loves you more than you can imagine and he died for you so that you can have life and everything can change today. Would you lift your hand and let me know, hey pastor, that's me. I want to surrender my life completely to Jesus today. Lift your hand. Thank you. Who else? 
Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Anyone else? You guys, this is a serious business today. I'd like for everyone to stand, just all around the room. I want you to stand. Listen, if you lifted your hand, I'm just going to ask that you, along with the entire congregation, pray these words with me. Let's just pray these words out loud. Come on, everyone in this room, please pray these words. If you lifted your hand, mean it from the bottom of your heart. The rest of us, we're just redeclaring our faith in Christ. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. Please forgive my sin. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I'm not looking back. I'm living future forward. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. For more information about how you can get involved with City Life locally, text CONNECT to 41411. Again, that's CONNECT to 41411. Or visit us online at citylifecenter.org. We would love to meet you.